951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic loan Adam Montgomery to St Johnston. Rangers sign another 16-year-old forward and Hamilton appoint John Rankin as their new manager. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Gordon Dale. Yeah, good evening Andrew. Still every morning you get up, you look at what the transfer speculation is from uh, all teams. Uh, a few teams doing some business, especially Jim Goodwin, Aberdeen, uh, you know, St Mirren bringing a lot of uh, ex-Motherwell players, should I say, back to the club. Uh, they know the manager they've worked under him before so he feels confident in that and uh, Rangers and Celtic getting a bit of business done and uh, I'm sure that Rangers and Celtic supporters would be looking for a little bit more in the transfer market but there's no time to panic there's plenty of time to go pre-season's just started players try to get back up to that level of fitness and uh, you know clubs uh, here there and everywhere um, they tend to go abroad now uh, in my day it was just down the local park but it's uh, more glamorous than that and uh, we look forward to further signings and further news from other clubs yeah well Celtic of course still waiting on deals for Alexandro Bernabe and Jota potentially Rangers look to be closing in potentially on Antonio Colac so if you You've got any thoughts on those? 01419511025. But here's a question for you to start you off tonight as well. What's the priority for your team in the transfer market this summer? Is it a specific position that you're looking at? Is there a specific player? Maybe it's trimming the squad. Maybe it's adding some youth or experience. Whatever you think, let us know. 01419511025. Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. And I'll put that to you, Gordon mm. Hill. We'll start with Celtic and Rangers. Mm-hmm. What do you think, first of all, is, is the priority for Celtic? Now they've done a bit of business. They're looking at Bernabe. They're looking at Jota. What do you think is the priority for Celtic now in the for, transfer market? First, first and foremost, I think every Celtic fan's waiting for the news of Jota. Uh, it seems to be dragging its heels. Uh, I think everyone at Celtic Park will probably be confident. I think Celtic supporters will be confident in the club to get that deal over a line. Carter Vickers was a big one for them, of course it was. Um, but obviously, it's not just a case of sitting down now and you know there's a contract signing and you become a Celtic player there's a lot more to it uh, as we know I look at Celtic squad I think they've got a terrific squad Andrew obviously winning the double last year um, you know they're very strong in the middle of the part up front there's some people like so we were on this show last week and one or two callers talking about maybe another one through the middle to add because if you look at Rangers and Celtic the amount of games they play so they need to carry big squads they need to carry you know a few players for each position Let back, although the argument is Taylor has had a very, very good season, but you always need competition. You need two quality, sometimes three in certain areas. For Rangers, it's simple for me. I think they, they must look at the, the forward line, centre forward up there. We don't know what's happened with the likes of Morelis and people like that. We hear it every season, we hear it every week. Different rumours come in, different clubs. And if I was Rangers... Very strong at the back for me. News of the goalkeepers are good. Midwood Park's not too bad. Depends what they lose. I think right side, I don't know if any Rangers fans out there will agree with that or disagree, but I think for uh, Van Bronckhorst to have that option, and I keep getting back to it with the European campaigns coming up, the Cups, they obviously go to the latter stages of that as well. A lot of games, they need big squads. Well, what do you think at home? What's the priority for your club in the transfer market this summer? 0141951. 
1025. Give us a call now. We'll take a look at one bit of transfer news that's come out in the past couple of hours. Celtic have loaned 19-year-old defender Adam Montgomery to St Johnston. That's just a deal until January. He made actually quite a few appearances at the start of last season under Ange Postacoglu. I think it was around 18. He was obviously still building his squad at that point. He then spent a bit of time on loan at Aberdeen. Maybe didn't get as much game time as he wanted. He'll now head to Perth. But is this a move of Ange Postacoglu and, and his staff thinking, right, that there are players in this squad that aren't going to get the game time. If we are to bring players in, we need to look at other options for players that maybe aren't going to play, whether it's, you know, a 19-year-old going out on loan to develop or it's other players that maybe need to look for another club permanently. Yeah, I think I think there'll be both categories there. I think, obviously, they'll have a category of guys that no longer fit the club. Uh, they'll have to move on. I think, obviously, the big hitters uh, try to get them off the wage bill, first and foremost, free up some money. And then you look at the younger players and you think, right, what's best, best for them? Keeping them round about the first-team squad, like Montgomery. I like the look of the boy. I, I, I thought every time he came into Celtic team never let them down uh, but I think they've looked at him and thought right with the strength of squad that they're going to have and they're going to add more players let's be honest about it put some down the peck in order rather than stay about the, the first team and the you know development squads and playing that sort of a league I, I think going to teams like St Johnston now Aberdeen really really struggled last year and I know people can argue St Johnston struggled as well and yes they did but I think going to St Johnston, there's a more opportunity to play week in, week out. Aberdeen have spent a bit of money. Uh, Jim Goodwin's brought in a lot of players up there. There's good competition. He's already got skills from Celtic uh, that covers that position as well. Um, so I think I'm going to St Johnston as a good move for a kid. I think they've got high hopes for him. And I think that to go and play... But he's got to earn the right to play in the Premier League. He's got to show at St Johnston because I remember, you know, Ralston at St Johnston, Dundee United as well. Wasn't that great, Andrew? But I think in the long run, when he gets his opportunity at Celtic, when you look back, I think that helped him. I think that helped his development kicking on. So Montgomery will be the same boat. 01419511025 on the phones. Let's hear from you. John is a Celtic fan up first in the East End. John, first of all, what do you think is the priority for Celtic now in the transfer market? Um, I think, like, like, sorry, hi, Andrew, hi, Gordon. Um, I think, like Gordon said, right from the off there, getting the Jota deal over the line is probably the, the biggest thing. Anything else over and above that would be a bonus, including this guy, Bernabe. Um, the Argentinian, uh, I think he's the Argentinian, um, the left back, because we do need cover in the left side of the area instead of switching Juranovic across every time that um, there's a, an issue in the left back area. But there's a couple of things that are kind of. We'll, we'll take that point first, John, and I'll let you come back in. John's talking about Jota, he's saying that's the priority. It's an intriguing one at the moment because it seems as if it's in limbo a wee bit. We don't really know what's happening. Celtic are back in pre-season training. Jota's not with Celtic. Benfica are back in pre-season training. It doesn't look as if Jota is with Benfica either. I think he was spotted at a music festival on Sunday evening with both teams back in training. The next day, of course, there was a, a fee agreed last summer for this summer. So it could well go ahead, but Celtic fans will be starting to wonder exactly when it's going to go ahead, if it's going to. And, and I totally agree with them. Um, look, 
um, social media, he seems to have had a real good break, and he deserves it. <laughs> Every player does. Uh, it's a very, very hard, long time. I'm sure you were the type of player that had a very quiet summer off. Didn't uh, yeah, you? yeah. I I rested up and made sure I was fit and ready to come back. Um, but he's. Uh, it, it has now been at the case of. You're looking at pre-season has started, Andrew. If I'm Postacoglu, yes, he's going to add to his squad. I think Rangers will be the same. But you want to get players in as quick as possible. You want to get them up to the speed of your way the, the, of, of fitness and the training and everything. I know Jota's been there. But you don't want Jota coming back and maybe, and he's a fit lad, let's be honest, and they look after herself. But you want him in, you want him cemented, you want to, you want to tick that box off as a manager and say, right, okay, I don't need to concentrate on that. I don't need to listen to, you know, having meetings the next day to see where we are in the situation with Jota, is he in or out. I'm very confident Celtic will get him. I think the boy wants to be a part of Celtic. I think the way he played his football, he certainly enjoyed being at the club. The fans took to him. They loved him. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit surprised it's not over a line, but in the modern day game now, with so many people being involved in contract dealings, I can understand it dragging on. But I'm sure now Celtic are at a stage saying, right, we're back to the, the business side. You know, we've got to make sure everything's spot on for preparation for the start of the season because we've got a lot of big, big games coming up. They would want Jota in that building as quickly as possible, can now. Yeah, because you get to the end of the transfer windows. I mean, Celtic don't have their first competitive game this season until over a month away. It's the end of next month. What is it? The 30th of July. Maybe the 31st mm. of July is Celtic's first game. But when you're back in pre-season training and Celtic are away to Austria, I think, next week in pre-season training camp, they'd want as many of the squad going on that training camp as possible and especially when it's a deal that looks as if it maybe could have been sorted earlier than now I think I think it's important for the manager um, the manager will know better uh, where the deal is than we do we speculate on that because you're thinking and, and fans of course fans at, at Celtic who are desperate for Jota to come in and sign on that, that dotted line and be a permanent factor of Celtic's team they're thinking well what's taking so long what's taking so long I think for a manager who will know exactly what position they're in he'll want that ticked off he'll want that sorted signed sealed and delivered because until you've got a player and that deal's done and signed and the hands have been shaken and everything's done then you never know in football we've, we've seen it a million times something comes up uh, you know something just flips a deal or something happens and it doesn't go through as a manager yes you're starting pre-season you're starting to address your squad you're starting to build that squad you're starting to look at that squad you're confident you know like say we need a left back in there for cover I totally agree with John I think they will be they're, are they looking at centre uh, forward to add more firepower as well are they looking at the centre half positions so there's a lot of work being done and you want that jigsaw to be filled in as quick as possible but let's be honest the one thing Poster Coglu can take a lot of credit for is he walked into an absolute disaster uh, last year. An absolute mess and had to, you know, he was chasing his tail and uh, he wasn't, he didn't have too bad a season. He won a double. Uh, John, what was the, the other point you wanted to make? The other point was um, basically God just said it in with regards to uh, Spiker and centre half. One of my friends, I've got a friend who lives down south, and he was telling us that whether it's true or not, again, it could be rumour, that Celtic are in advanced talks 
with Ben Davis potentially coming to the club. And then the other thing was, again, all over the place this morning, the possibility of Jordan Larson coming in as well, getting up for practically nothing other than a salary. And the way I look at it from a Larson perspective, if he's even 10, 15, 20% of his father's capabilities, Celtic have won a watch. Yeah, as soon as I saw that yesterday that Jordan Larson had been released by Spartak Moscow, I knew straight away that there was going to be links with Celtic. The fact that, you know, his dad is Henrik Larson. So straight away, I think some supporters would just want him straight through the door because he's Henrik Larson's son. Mm -hmm. He scored goals where he's been. He's been at Spartak Moscow, I think, not this season. The season before, I think he scored 15 goals in the Russian top flight. But John seems to be the... You know, the, the type of fan that would like to see Jordan Larson come through the door. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a, a, a few more because of the, the surname. But I, I think his father would probably have a, a massive influence on him in that as well, Andrew. He knows the club. He knows the demands of the club. You don't get a game with Celtic because your second name's Larson, unless it's Henrik. Um, so uh, you've got to earn the right. As Rangers and Celtic, Celtic and Rangers are massive clubs. Because you're your father's been such a part of it and a massive part of it doesn't mean to say that you're going to walk in there and command a place or a contract or whatever it is you've got to earn the right to to wear a jersey and be part of that club and I'm sure his father uh, will be telling that as well whether that's true or not I don't know that may be just a case of throwing a few things together and thinking oh yeah that'd be a great idea that'd be exciting for the Celtic fans interesting one the Ben Davis um, you know, he was well thought of going to Liverpool. I don't think he even played in my career. No, no, didn't play a competitive game for him. Yeah, yeah, and Celtic were interested in him at the time. Um, he's, he's been a season out of top level football. It really, you know, that, that, that standard for me. Um, yeah, I think he had a loan spell last season yeah. at Sheffield United. Yeah, but, but he's getting into uh-huh. Champions League football yep. right away and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he's obviously a talented player, uh, uh, Andrew, because Celtic, he was on Celtic, they were desperate for him, and, and, and Liverpool come in and money spoke at that time. Uh, the lad decided to go there. Um, you don't blame him for that, but that'd be an interesting one because I do believe that Celtic need to add to the centre defence. Well, thank you to John 01419511025 on the phones. Michael is a Celtic fan up next in Liverpool. Michael, what are you hoping Celtic are going to do over um, the next few weeks? I want Celtic to sign um, Antoine um, Semenyo from Bristol City. Um, Nigel Pearson reckons he's very, very powerful. He's very pacey. Just what kind of like the way that Celtic play. Um, and I'd like to see Celtic sign that guy, is it Souza? Uh, to be, be in midfield for us. Yeah, I think it's Vicenzo Souza mm-hmm. who's been linked with a move to. Uh, Celtic, he's playing his football in Belgium at the moment. Antoine Semenyo is another name that's been linked. He's at Bristol City at the moment. And you are just seeing a lot of names linked with Celtic at the moment. And that's what they'll be doing. They'll be casting their net far and wide, Gordon. And that's when fans start to get excited because they see these players and then all of a sudden they, they'll look them up on YouTube and find yeah. clips and decide that that's the type of player they feel the club needs. Look, what, what, what happens basically is the most important thing is what kind of uh, player 
the manager needs. And Postacoglu's um, track record so far in the transfer market's been excellent. Uh, so you can't take that away from. Of course, there'll be names here, there, and everywhere. And let's not be kidded as well, Andrew. There'll be agent, agents doing very clever jobs and putting names out there and, and touting them with big clubs to attract interest and whatever. I don't know a lot about the lad at Bristol City's. Um, you know, as a, as a caller was saying there, but if if he's that good. And, you know, he's well recommended. Celtic will have done their homework. Of course they will. Big clubs do that. They've got, they've got staff there that go and, and, and strip everything down the stats and the manager will sit down daily and talk about his targets and what he's looking for, what type of player he's looking for. Most important a person's opinion would probably be Celtic to bring in players. It'll be Ange Postacoglu. So whether he's on his radar, uh, it'll be interesting to, to, to see Michael are those two positions in particular that you think Celtic need to strengthen I think Sousa's more of a defensive midfielder and Semenya can play along that front three I, um, I'd like to see that uh, Itakura go Itakura to Man City as well but what I want to do say guys before I, before I go uh, hang on my point here I want Celtic to get rid of ball and goalie he's just taking money for old rope and um, as for Albunajete I knew for the start, right, because David Moyes even said, who's he? He had, hadn't even scored a thingy goal for West Ham. Why Celtic bought him for £5 million is beyond me. I've never, ever rated that guy. And obviously, Celtic need to rip, get him to go as well. I'm, I'm not sure what David Moyes said about him. I hadn't no. heard that. But Albion Ayeti is obviously one. It hadn't worked out at West Ham. He'd scored goals for Basel in Switzerland. But it's, it seems to be quite clear that Albion Ayeti doesn't have a future at Celtic. He wasn't really in Ange Postacoglu's plans at all. Bolly Bolingoli looks to be the same. Ismail Asoro looks mm. to be the same. Christopher Julian looks to be the same. And as we were saying a bit earlier, these are players that the Celtic staff are going to have to move on and it's not a case of Celtic having to sell to buy this summer but it helps if you can get players off the wage bill and it helps the manager if he's not got players around the training ground taking part in training that aren't getting game time Celtic won't bowl in a club uh, that's good Deadwood and I'm not being disrespectful to these players because you know I remember I'll give you an example company Celtic was picky um, Celtic fans were desperate to get him out he went down to England and banged in goals for fun it was just unfortunate that, that these players that we're talking about at Celtic it's not happened for them at the club um, they, may, they may move on and be better players at other clubs that suit their style of play, get more game time, for instance, get a manager that wants them in their first team week in, week out, grows confidence. There's a lot to football rather than just turn up at a football club and say, right, OK, didn't have a good time there. Doesn't mean you say you're a bad player, right? It's just, it's not worked out for them. Unfortunately for Celtic is, other clubs will be looking at situation, big money, big wages, and thinking, no, we're trying to get a sort of a, a a good deal here, a cut deal. You need to pay them off. We'll probably be a part of the deal, but we're not going to pick up the X, Y and Z that they're on at Celtic. Celtic will never recruit the money back in for them. You've sometimes just got to cut your losses. Every team does it because as far as you go and cut your losses with players and lose money, how many players have you brought through and gained money and made money? So it works its way, way out, uh, Andrew, but I'm sure it's Celtic will be doing everything to get these boys out of the door. Well, thank you 
you to Michael. We want to hear what's the priority for your club in the transfer market this summer. Give us a call 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Although I'm, I just really don't want to look at Twitter at the moment because all I'm seeing Why? is Hearts away in Spain, Hibs away in Portugal, you've got Ross County away in Italy, and been sat in the rain all day. It's just, it's, it's yeah, not great, is it? I, I, I got I had to go to the golf this morning at uh, quarter to seven just to get a few holes in. The weather's been terrible, but I, I, I look at these clubs and think how football has changed, you know. I've not been disrespectful. Ross County over in Italy, pre-season trainer. My, we used to go down to the local park. Even when I was at Rangers, Bella Houston Park, t- t- five five minute run across the road. Uh, so uh, certainly they've they've got a terrific life, but they have to work for it. Because any boys will tell you. I'm sure I heard uh, Mark uh, last week talking about the first few days back of pre-season and. No matter how fit you are, it's always a very hard shift. No sympathy, because everybody will be shouting, oh, they earn enough money, they're away to Italy, they're away to the best hotels. Yes, I totally agree with that, but uh, sometimes you've got to take your hat off to them and work hard for it. Yeah, have fun doing the bleep test in that weather. 01419511025. Let's go straight back to the phone. Stephen is a Rangers fan in Coke Bridge. Stephen, we've been asking everyone tonight, what is the priority for your club in the transfer market? I don't really know because I'm not no really they're not really making any movement in the transfer market. I'm thinking it's quite alarming that we're not hearing about any business. We've got this Kolak rumour round about um they're here and they're asking for more money for him, but don't really know much about the guy, but I I think it's alarming for the fans that we've not got any nothing set in stone, nothing even above kinda of seventy, eighty percent where you're thinking we've got these three or four players on radar but it's there's nothing there for us there's nobody to look at I'm I'm quite happy with the business we've done with getting Goldson in signing them on and Suter but I think it's very alarming for the fans I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that guys yeah, it's an interesting one, Gordon, because I'm sure a lot of people would look at the fact that it's the 28th of June and mm-hmm. there's still quite a while to go. I think it's maybe five weeks until Rangers enter the Champions League qualifiers, but fans do get impatient. They want to see names through the door straight away, especially when Rangers are back in pre-season training at the moment as well. But as Stephen says as well, they have done some business. They've they've brought in John Souter already, Connor Goldson's re-signed, Alan McGregor's re-signed, so Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield, but fans always want to see new faces through the door as well. Yeah, that's what excites them. Uh, they pay their money, they, they look forward to the new season. This is a sort of a time where nothing's really happening, not a lot to talk about and the fact that your team's playing results. So the most important thing is you wake up every morning hoping that you see something that's going to excite you, a new sign, and you can start talking about the player and what he's going to bring to your club. Uh, I keep going back to, Andrew, gone are the days you just target a player, sit him down, there's a pen, there's a bit of paper, sign it, and thanks for coming, welcome to Rangers, welcome to Celtic, Motherwell, Hibs, whoever. doesn't happen that way. There's so many people involved in the business transactions now, and it takes time. Um... 
But I am sure that Rangers are glad that they've got a good bit of business done. I think Goldston is a terrific bit of business. I think Suter is a good bit of business. They've kept McGregor, Davis, Arfield, terrific experience. Yes, if I was sitting there and I was a Rangers uh, fan thinking to myself, right, what do we need? It'd certainly be more firepower because um, you've seen what happened last year with Morelos and obviously the, the, the injury to Roof as well left them well, well short. Um, wide areas as well, I would look at on the right-hand side. Um, but I am sure that Rangers are working very hard behind the scenes, like every other club is. You know, not in the same level as Rangers and Celtic, but every other club will be working very hard, chief execs and managers and staff will be working as hard as they possibly can because they want everybody in quickly and they want to strengthen their squad very quickly. But I'll go back to you look at the, the league winners Celtic um, I remember watching them in Wales in a pre-season game thinking they'll be lucky with the squad uh, if they would finish in the top six and, you know, Postacoglu, a new guy into the country, just brought player in after player, built his own team, exciting football, and went on to win the double. So, as much as I think frustration is a word, I certainly wouldn't be panicking. Stephen, Gordon was talking there about Rangers needing firepower, looking at players in the final third. Is that something you'd agree with? Uh, definitely. I think um, an attacking midfielder, another striker, um, would be ideal. I think it, what's harming is that we've got a couple of, we've got games coming up in two weeks now friendlies you're wanting players in to get in about these friendlies getting gelling with the squad getting to know each other playing on the park see how these guys play we've got games games coming up thick and fast in the next couple of weeks actually there's quite a lot of friendlies coming up and that's where you're really wanting players in to see how they're going to gel in how they're going to go with other players and it's, it's, it's no getting MD off their seats do you know what I mean we're no listening we're no hearing anything if you if you look at see if you look at Rangers squad just now, I totally agree. I I, I said that I I would be looking at more firepower. I'd be looking at certainly in the wider areas. Yes, I've got Kent and people like that. But I go back to it. I thought they left themselves and they get through it because they got to the final and lost penalties and finished in the league and won the Scottish Cup. But they left themselves very short through the middle with Morelos and Ruth being injured. But I still would not be hitting a panic button now. I'm sure the Rangers manager is very comfortable with his squad. Of course, with the games coming up and the start of the season, he'll want more players in. But there's players, you know, everybody has this thing now that get them in as early as you possibly can and let them get used to players or whatever. You look at, for instance, and I go back to uh, giving them all the credit in the world because I thought even in January, uh, Celtic's transfer... Uh, policy was very good brought players in hit the ground running Andrew they didn't have four or five months prior playing with Celtic players and playing at Celtic Park and playing in Scottish football they come in they hit the ground running so that's what I'm trying to say to Steve. as much as you look at Rangers they're still a very powerful squad but they certainly need backup of course they do with the amount of games and I'd be very confident that over the coming weeks Rangers will be adding to that squad Is it a hard balance to strike in wanting to get signings over the line as early as possible in pre-season so the players have maximum amount of time to gel in but also not rushing deals over the line and maybe paying over the odds just because you want players in the door as early as possible. 100%. You've got, you've got a duty, um, you know, to work for a club and try and negotiate as much as you can. Sometimes it's a, a game of, like, you know, poker. We've got to steer each other out. And, and, and 
you know, players don't get involved in it. So let's not get uh, caught up in this. The, the, the hire people there, they've got agents and people that represent them to go there and get the best possible deal for the player. You've got people at the club getting the best possible deal for the club. And i.e., you're not just talking about thousands of pounds now. At these clubs, you're talking millions. So, of course... There's going to be a bit of to and fro and going on and a bit of sort of a delaying tactics or whatever it may be. Uh, but as a manager, you want everything tied up. But as a manager of these clubs, you understand that sometimes it takes a bit of time to get it over the line. Stephen, how crucial is the business this summer when it comes to Alfredo Morelos, Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent when they've all got one year left on their deal? Is that a concern for you as a Rangers fan as to what's going to happen with them this summer? Uh, I think so, yeah. Keep getting... It would be good to keep hold of all three of them, but I, I can definitely see Rangers will... They'll, need, they'll be selling one of them, I think. I, I, I don't know which one, but I think one of them will go over the summer. I'm not sure who I would like it to be because they've all got their own attributes. I think they play all very well for us in the big games, all of them. Morelos is just he's incredible at times Stephen if you're picking one then if you're a manager who would it be who would you say right okay I'll I'll sacrifice him you've put me in the spot there mate come on hurry up Stephen go for it nobody's listening if I I was pushing the boat I would let Aribo go there you go then so we got it is the problem though Gordon that Rangers maybe don't have that luxury of just being able to pick what player it is if there is one because it may be a case that none of them want to sign a new contract it may be a case that two of them do and one doesn't and it, it comes down to what the players want rather than what the club want they need to see where the interest is and what player and then decide based off that who goes and who stays that's it that's the only thing if I was involved with the Rangers at the top level I'd be a bit concerned about these guys and only one year contracts left because Let's face it, uh, if Ken and people like Aribo decide to run down their, their, their contract, there's nothing the club can do about that. And, and that's, listen, it's nothing against the players. It's their right to do it if they want to do it. As much as Stephen's talking about we've nothing to excite ourselves and, you know, new signings come in, I think on the back of Rangers' mind as well, at top level, you must be looking at these guys to get these guys tied down. You want to keep your assets. You want to keep people that you can sell for money. You don't want to be caught up in January and all of a sudden thinking, there's a lot of money getting out of this door. We're losing a lot of money here. You know, so as much as it is exciting for clubs to bring in new players, I think you have got to first and foremost tie up your assets. Make sure they're safe. Rangers are, are playing a, a game here with these guys in the sense that, you know, I'm sure they'll be desperate to get these boys on uh, longer contracts. Now, once again, Andrew, is their agents and representatives will know that Rangers are, you know, they've got these guys have got the upper hand because they can they'll go and get clubs and they'll get decent money, so they'll be asking for a pay rise as well. So all of a sudden you're saying, well, why is Rangers not signing players and why is Rangers not doing this and that and bringing new players in? You know, you've got to budget off what your playing budget's going to be. And you might look and think, do you know what? We need to up Ryan Kent because we can't let this contract run down because he's too much value to us. Aribo and the Morelises of this world. So all of a sudden that sort of a spare money that you thought you had, you might have to put it into this 
to safeguard your assets and that's good business to do because you've got to safeguard that you can't you couldn't imagine letting these three guys walk out maybe next year and freedom of contract well thank you to Stephen let's stick with the phone Scott is a Rangers fan in Paisley Scott what do you feel is a priority for Rangers in this transfer window uh, how you doing uh, definitely I, I think that the priority for Rangers at the minute has got to be the midfield area and the goalkeeping aspect uh, a lot of players have been linked whether they're rumours or not I wouldn't like to see us fall short in the, the areas uh, why why specifically in the goalkeeping position, Scott, because Rangers have Alan McGregor that signed a new deal. There's John McLaughlin there at the moment as well. Do you not feel that Rangers are okay this season with those two there? Alan, Alan McGregor's all right. Wait, Alan, Rangers are all right this season, but I'm looking forward to the future where you've got Alan McGregor, who's also this will be his last season, I imagine. Uh, to be honest, I don't really rate John McLaughlin. I would, I would probably look further afield. For a different goalkeeper I John McLaughlin's played he's played well in games but I don't think he's Alan McGregor's standard what do you think Gordon? I, I, I think it's very hard to say he's not Alan McGregor's standard I don't, uh, Alan McGregor is um, and probably still is a top top goalkeeper um, you know, there's not a lot of McGregor's come come along <laughs> every year to to play with your club. You know, there's uh, teams like Rangers and Celtic throughout the seasons have been very lucky to have top top goalkeepers, and uh, McGregor certainly comes into that bracket. So, of course, it's going to be a high standard to reach. Uh, I don't think right now I would not see that as a massive priority to Rangers. I think I think they'd be okay in that position. I get back to it, I still think they need a bit of firepower. I still think they need uh, a wider player because I think Van Bronckhorst likes to play this pace and a bit of wide, you know, the old Ajax uh, formation type thing. I like it. I think he likes that. I think he likes pace in the, the wide areas. Um, but... I think there was a good point there made that, you know, you've got three guys that are running down their contract and that's a priority as well. So I don't think right now Rangers' priority will be a goalkeeper. Yeah, Scott, do you think that's something that Rangers, with Alan McGregor signing a new deal, can maybe put on the back burner until next summer and focus on other areas? 100%, yeah, but I don't know. I just think it's a personal point of view. I'd like to see Alan McGregor stay and maybe take up the coaching role. Obviously, to get McLaughlin and McCrory to that standard as, as, as the panel said McGregor is a top top goalkeeper there's, un, there's undeniable facts to state that he is a top goalkeeper but I would like to see maybe midfield definitely a wide player I do agree um, Bob Kemp obviously I think Stephen there was talking about selling the Rebo uh, that was the one player he could let go would be Joe Aribo but personally I wouldn't let Aribo go Aribo is another great player <laughs> to be honest both Rangers and Celtic have got really top top teams at the minute but a striker I would say maybe might be in the region for Rangers as well yeah, it certainly looks as if Rangers are looking at a striker in Antonio Colac. The chat today is that Palak are wanting £2.6 million pounds for him. A uh, 28-year-old striker, so he's he's not the youngest, but if Rangers have Morelos and Roof, maybe he does provide a different option to those two. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Rangers can't afford to start a season without bringing in a striker. Andrew, you look at that sort of money figures that are getting thrown about. 
there's no I don't think there'd be a, a, a value in the sense of a sell on in, in a few years to come at that age so basically you're looking at that sort of money that you're not going to recoup again you're hoping he's a success but I certainly think they need uh, players in that position they brought in Diallo last uh, last year and to the right hand side and it didn't work for him they ended up Arfield played there I don't think that's the way that Van Bronckhorst wants to play I think he likes these fast players down the flanks the Kents for instance Sakalas and people like that you, you look at Bassey getting up and down that left hand side with bags of pace and energy I think the Rangers manager likes that style um, so right hand side to me is a definite but centre forward is a must for Rangers before the season starts well thank you to Scott 01419511025 give us a call now and you could be up next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's lead leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Busy night on the phones tonight 0141-951-1025 If you want to get involved we'll get back to those very shortly A bit of news I wanted to touch on though Today Hamilton have appointed John Rankin as their new head coach the former Hibs and Dundee United midfielder takes over from Stuart Taylor who of course left the club last Last week, it's his first managerial job. Spent some time coaching at Hearts, and then joined Hamilton. I think it was in December as assistant first team coach, and he's now been promoted to first team coach. So that'll be a, an interesting opportunity for him. Well, you, you talk about pre-season training. The one thing I wouldn't like to be just now is a Hamilton player, uh, because John is one of the fittest players I've ever seen. Uh, very dedicated professional. Worked very hard through his coaching uh, badges. Uh, waited for his opportunity. It's come along at a very good club and you'll get every support and back in there. It's a terrific football club. I know the people very well inside and uh, I wish him all the best. I think he's a very good appointment. I think he'll be very successful for him. Is that any player automatically dropped if the manager's beaten them in the pre-season sprints? Well, I tell you what, there'll be a lot of players dropped in because he's still the fittest guy in the world. Uh, Mark um, Wilson, I'll tell you about him, the stories that he used to come out with. So the lad, the one thing, if you've got that as a, as a player, you have that respect right away. So... Um, uh, good luck to the Hamilton players in your pre-season uh, journey but it'll be a difficult one 01419511025 let's go back to the phones John is a Rangers fan in Danoon John what do you think is the priority for Rangers in this transfer market at the moment um, well I think at the moment what's going to happen is Rangers will keep the majority of the squad they've got at the moment after reaching the Europa League final the standard that's in that squad should them surely be able to qualify for the minimum Champions League group stages at that point, I think they'll probably maybe decide to sell one of the three or four players that's been spoken about. And for me, it would probably be Bassey that would make most sense. It's after you add the Europa League money from last season, the Champions League, if we do make it, plus the Bassey sale, we bring it to about 95 to 115 million. I mean, that's obviously quite a bit. I'm sure that then you'd be able to throw some money towards Kent Morelos and stuff like that for staying on, as well as bringing in a couple of others to strengthen the squad. Well, yeah, I suppose the, the Champions League qualification is an interesting mm. one, Gordon, because you decide as a club, you know, do you want to sign players now in the hope that you're going to get into the yeah. Champions League group stages when you don't exactly know what competition you're you're buying for and what money is going to be coming into the club this season? Or do you sort of think, well, we had a squad that reached the Europa League final last season. We've got the bulk of that squad still together. Can we go into the qualification with confidence and hope that it will get us there and then once 
that money is guaranteed, then you can start doing business. Yeah, it's a hard one, um, Andrew, because, you know, there's no guarantees in this game whatsoever. You could have terrific season and the way Rangers were in Europe, um, and you can think, right, OK, we've got a squad that was capable of going to the, the final and unfortunately with the penalty kick shootout, uh, they'll they'll get through these, these qualifying rounds. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. You've really got to add to a bit of strength and then sometimes you think that if it doesn't happen, you had, have added strength, you think we've wasted money here. Uh, but going back to the point of selling players, if you are selling any of these players down, and I think I think I think uh, John makes good sense here when he talks about if you're going to get money for the likes, if you want to keep the Kents or Ebos and Morelis or whatever it may be, then Bassey's stock is the highest just now. Let's not be kidded. Uh, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's in the radar of a lot of clubs. Um, they brought him in for what two hundred fifty thousand round about something yeah, yeah. like that, uh-huh. right? So the profit margin, and I am not going to get stand here and get caught up in how many millions. The profit margin will be enormous on the boy. Um, I don't think there's a lot of Rangers fans would like to see him go because of what he brings. The manager's the same because this is a guy that he's not just a a left back. He can play. It's equally as well, and as a left centre back, he can play in a back three. There's options there for him. He's been terrific in both positions. Um, I used to say that, you know, I wasn't that keen on him as a left centre back. But as a young lad, with the more games he got and big games against big players, and let's not be kidded here, he just grew into the position. And then we watch him at uh, the Scottish Cup final against Hearts. And ex- I can up and down that line, and you're thinking this boy's just get the talent to play most positions. And and I I think it was last week or a week prior I was on and I listened to an interview from him, and he's the most important thing for him is playing football. So added to that, I think he's got a great attitude to the game. Uh, I certainly think the Rangers would be disappointed to lose him because he's such a good player, and I mentioned playing in so many positions for them, and at that level. But he's certainly, he's the one with the highest stock just now for me. Yeah, is that the important thing, John, is that, you know, there's certainly a lot of players in that Rangers squad that fans won't want to see go, but Rangers need to be smart about their business decisions. And if a player like Bassey has shown up well towards the end of the season in big games, and there is big clubs looking at him, that it might just be the case that now is the correct time to sell him. Well, I think obviously Bassey is the best option. I'm not saying best to go for like the football sense for Rangers but my new sense is it's going to make more sense for Rangers to go down that line I would imagine I mean I'm not saying it's the easiest to replace for that position but I think that with the development of players like Kent I think there's still quite a bit more to come out of him as well where you can maybe get that 25-30 million a couple of years if you're able to tie him down uh, I, 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 look, look, football's football to me is all about time. And if, we, if we're standing here, you know, eight months ago, nine months ago, talking about Bassey being that important to Rangers, I think we'd be saying, "Well, hold on a minute, the boy's got to get in there and prove himself." He's been brilliant. Uh, Kent is all of a sudden his values went up, and then Morelis has been the same. Arebo's been the same. They've went up to very high values of a lot of people, and then suddenly taking a little dip. Uh, football's timing and and just how much a club wants you how much they're prepared to uh, push the boat out 
It'll be interesting. I think I think that obviously Rangers are one good thing and I think Celtic are the same, so let's clear that up. They've got good assets to sell if they want to. I'm sure that they want to hang on to their best players, but right now, if you're saying that who would command the most money, it would certainly be Bassey. Is there a problem with Rangers that they've left themselves spinning quite a lot of plates this summer because you've got Calvin Bassey potentially of interest to, to clubs down south Rangers are trying to bring in players from elsewhere but you've also got the three key players who are running down their contract and there's a, that's a lot of business to be doing at once isn't it? Yeah and that's why I think the earlier caller who came on and said he was about frustrated he wanted new signings and it's not just as simple as that at this time of the season chief execs are, are run off their feet there's a lot of work getting done there's a lot of phone calls these guys will be working long long hours because they need to make sure that everything's tied up the negotiations they'll be travelling here there and everywhere talking to people's agents representatives Andrew so there are a lot of work to be done at a club the size of Rangers especially Celtic in Scotland when you're trying to attract players you're trying to move players on that, to free up wages you're trying to keep players that are running down their contract so it's not just as simple as saying right let's just get a transfer in and make everybody happy these guys are working very very hard and they probably will have been for some time just to try and get everything that bit of the jigsaw everything put together so that gives the manager the best opportunity for the coming season well thank you to John in Danoon and thank you for all your calls tonight a busy busy night on the phones tonight so make sure to join us again tomorrow because I'll be back in the studio with Roger Hanna thank you at home if you were just listening in and for all your tweets as well and of course thank you to Gordon DL in the studio as well and stick around tonight because Carol Gallagher is up next